0: Um, let's give richard a welcome uh, now as he comes to share with us and finish off our series this morning and um uh, we've been getting to know Richard and, and Nicky a bit as they've been in, on, on team with us as the part of the Woodlands Church family. And uh, they are inspiring people and provoking people for us as, a, uh, as churches together. And I just want to pray for Richard as he shares. Thank God for him. And that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord, so much for Richard. I want to thank you for Richard and Nicky, for the family, all that you are doing in them and through them. Thank you for your call upon their lives. Thank you for Woodlands Southside and all the amazing things, Lord, that you are doing and you've got in store for that congregation in these kind of early stages. And uh, Lord, we just want to ask for your blessing on that congregation. We ask for your blessing on Richard and Nicky, and for Richard as he shares now. I pray, Lord, you'd open our ears. We know, Lord, we're full of information. We've got lots of information. But we do need to be transformed by your word this morning. So speak to us, we pray. We listen to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you,
1: Ed. Uh, It's fantastic to be here. Thank you for the lovely welcome. Uh, And I'm in a church that gives people chocolates. How nice is that? That is absolutely lovely. Uh, I think we've got a reading that's going uh, to come on the screen, I think. There it goes. Let me read this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. They're fantastic verses, aren't they? I particularly love the line uh, that says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. What an invitation. What an invitation to us all, whether you're here in the building today or whether you're online. Uh, Invitation to be transformed. There's three other places uh, in the New Testament where we see uh, reference to this word transformed. Two of those are when uh, you may remember when Jesus climbs up the mountain and his physical uh, appearance changes. That's in Matthew 17 and Mark 9. Uh, that's kind of like the external transformation, but I think that what Paul, who wrote this this, this letter to uh, the church in Rome, uh, is talking about here is more internal transformation. It's the kind of transformation that Paul, uh, when he wrote his second letter to the Corinthians, speaks of in two Corinthians three eighteen, when he spoke about being transformed into the image of Christ. That uh, inner transformation. And how are we transformed? Well, the key here is the renewing of our mind. It's the absolute key to transformation. But before we just look at that a little bit, maybe we just need to ask the question, what's wrong with our mind? What's wrong with it? Are our minds not amazing? You know, we're coming out of a pandemic, and of course, as we've travelled through this pandemic, uh, we were we were blown away, weren't we, by the the ability of people to produce the vaccines, you know, employing their minds to help us get through this. And we're just so thankful to God for that, the amazing capacity of the human mind to solve problems. I saw a quote this last week by the uh, uh, the German uh, philosopher Eckhart Tolle, and uh, he describes. Um, uh, the human mind is a bit, a bit like being like a dog that likes a bone. The human mind is inclined to solve problems, whether it's crosswords, whether it's the atomic bomb, uh, as Toll made reference to. You know, the human mind is uh, you know—it's genius, isn't it? It can be absolutely genius. But there are at least two problems with our minds. And this is where we come to Paul's invitation that it needs to be renewed. The first problem is, is that our minds are not like a kind of computer. You stick your computer on, it's done, it, does, it does its business, doesn't it? The mind is not like that. It doesn't simply detect information, pick it up, uh, and process it in a neutral way. Our minds, as you will have seen through this series, are shaped by a whole load of different factors. And some of these factors are helpful... But some of them are really unhelpful. You might like to think of your mind a bit like a garden. And in a garden, you plant seeds, don't you? And plants develop. Well, actually, in our mind, sometimes it's as if kind of seeds that aren't helpful can get planted. Negative seeds. Seeds that others might have unhelpfully sown in our lives. And as we think about those seeds, it's a bit like we water them. It's a bit like we fertilise them. And before we know it, these seeds are growing into huge plants in our minds. They can become quite to- quite toxic, and can potentially almost shipwreck our lives. You may remember the story of uh, the young King David at uh, 1 Samuel 17. Uh, he's just about to take on uh, the giant Goliath. And um, his oldest brother, Eliab, turns to him and says, you can't take on Goliath. This is verse 28 and 29 of that chapter. He says, you can't take it on. You're rubbish. You're a nobody. And in fact, you're even worse than a nobody. You're a proud nobody. And I suspect that Eliab had been saying those kind of things to David for many years. It probably wasn't just a one-off. He'd been sowing these unhelpful seeds into david's mind and maybe you you know have sometimes had that experience yourself it's not nice is it in my uh previous church fishponds baptist uh, we had the great privilege of setting up two houses uh, for the homeless and um we partnered with the, the national charity uh, hope into action and um no, it's fantastic. We did two of these these houses, which are still still going now, and um, I had a text. I'll read you the text. I had a text from one of the tenants this last week, uh, because it's the uh, it's the National Hope into Action conference this week. It's about 1890 Hope into Action houses around the country, and uh, myself. Let me get this. Yeah, I'm taking two of the the guys up to it. And uh, one of our guys, Rick, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, um, found out that he'd been nominated for an award. Uh, And Rick doesn't send many texts. If you saw Rick, uh, Rick's the kind of bloke that would make you cross over to the other side of the road. He's absolutely huge. He's covered in tattoos. uh, But he was an absolute joy to have uh, in the house. Big history of crime and drug addiction. He wrote this to me in a text, said, "'Hi, Richard, just wanted to let you know "'that I've received a letter from Ed Walker, "'that's the boss of Hope Into Action, "'letting me know I've been nominated for an award "'when we go to Peterborough on the 29th. "'If I get it,' and he is gonna get it, "'it will be the first time I've ever received an award. "'Never thought I'd see the day, to be honest, lol.'" And, um, and Rick, obviously, he's, he's had to take responsibility for his past. But actually, he's had a history of huge trauma caused by people sowing massively unhelpful seeds into his life. And he's just victim to those seeds. It's just horrible. And yet, he's now come through uh, to a wholly better place. So, the first problem we've got is that the mind... Um, our mind is vulnerable. Our minds can be vulnerable to shaping which is not helpful. The second problem we've got is that as we know, uh, we are living in a world that is not in perfect relationship with God. It's not in perfect harmony with God. There's a sense in which the planet and ourselves are messed up because we are not living uh, in that place of dependency that we've got at the centre of our lives that he originally wanted for us. And Paul is very clear on other occasions that one of the clear consequences of that is that the leaning of our mind, the direction of our minds is not primarily to God, but frequently it's to ourselves. And instead of putting God at the center of our lives, we put ourselves at the center of this at the center of our lives. This is something that Paul addresses in the very first chapter of this letter, Romans 1:23, where he he, cannot, he just bemoans the fact that people have exchanged worship of the immortal God for images of mortal people. And I guess as a sense, and we're all vulnerable to this, that the, the image that we worship is not God, but it's ourselves. It's that which we see in the mirror each morning. And the problem is, as we put ourselves at the center of our lives, this can create complications. Because actually we're designed by God to have him at the center. And so naturally, when we put ourselves at the centre, things don't work out as we would like. So things like fear develops in our lives, envy of others, jealousy, perfectionism, aversion to risk-taking, all those kind of things, the list could go on and on. And I'm sure you've covered some of these things on this uh, this series. But it's all consequences of ourselves being at the centre, whereas God should be at the centre. And so whilst the mind is amazing, whilst the mind is an amazing problem solver, we cannot simply look to the acquisition of more and more knowledge as the way forward. Yes, we massively value education. Of course we do. And it's terrible, isn't it? I don't know if you saw the news this last week that the... uh, the Taliban has gone back on its word uh, about giving education to girls. Um, I think they came in for one day or something. Then they were all told there was going to be no more school. And we, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? So we value education. We value knowledge. But we recognize the problem with the mind is never going to be solved just by more knowledge. What is it that our minds need? Our minds need, hugely need, the touch of Jesus. The renewing touch of Jesus. And what does this work of renewal look like? Well, it's absolutely a work of God. It's a work of God. The only other place in the New Testament that we see the precise form of this word uh, renewal uh, is Titus 3 verse 5, uh, where, um, uh, which speaks about uh, uh, renewal by the Holy Spirit. 100% ties renewal with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we are talking about here that God touching us by his spirit, God setting us free. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 speaks about how the Lord is spirit and where the spirit is, there is freedom. We have Paul's instruction in Galatians 5 verse 1 that um, that for those who have been set free in Christ, there is freedom. And maybe that's what the Lord wants to just bring to your mind today. And what does this, this freedom look like? Well, I think of my other good friend, Ian, uh, who's similar to Rick, has actually just moved out of our, our houses uh, and has just gone into independent living. Rick was homeless for 15 years. Again, huge history of drug addiction and problems. Uh, came to faith, had the privilege of baptizing him. And we've just started a Southside. We've just started a, uh, a life group, as we call it, in um, Refresh Cafe on East Street. do if any of you know East Street. Uh, it's uh, one of the, the key roads in Bedminster, south side is for people of Woodies and obviously beyond across South Bristol. But we're kind of in badminton. We just started this life group and uh, just reaching out to those who don't know Jesus. And actually, Ian has agreed that he's going to uh, do the little bit of the the word next week. Just share a thought from Jesus' life next week. And I said, Ian, just have a think. You know, just see uh, see which aspect of Jesus you want to just bring to our attention next week. And he unhesitatingly said yes. And this is someone, when I first met him in rehab, I went into rehab as a guest and just formed friendships with the guys. I didn't know they'd become friends for life. When I first met him, he was so locked in that horrible place of trauma that he, uh, he looked at the ground when I spoke to him. And now he's got that confidence to actually look at other people and to use uh, the word of God and the absolute conviction and belief because he's seeing it in his own life, that it's the word of God that can renew us and which can set us free. I think of another friend uh, that I've got the, the privilege of supporting, myself and Nikki uh, do some work uh, with um, uh, indigenous church planters, uh, national church planters in some of the most persecuted uh, parts of the world. And um, there's a... Uh, There's two guys that I meet with every week online, Uh, they're in Africa, uh, one of the most persecuted uh, places, uh, and they're in a city uh, where they have, um, it's really, really tough, Uh, there there was about, maybe about 200 plus believers, and there was a new wave of persecution, many of their colleagues ended up in prison, uh, and those that weren't imprisoned, you know, fled the country, and who can criticize anyone for, for fleeing a country when your life is at stake? Uh, but um, of their own choice, uh, the guys that we are working with, the, the two guys actually decided to stay. Uh, and so through this period, it had just been, you know, just peer-to-peer coaching, encouragement with them. Uh, and how could they stay in that country? Because they had an absolute conviction in their minds that they, they didn't need to be subject to fear. They refused to be subject to fear. Uh, and I'm, not, I'm not criticizing those who have left, and I'm not saying those who were left were subject to fear, but... These guys just had that sense of the Lord wanted them to be mentally free, and that meant staying put. And now, actually, they're encouraging the other believers to come back in, uh, which, is just, uh, which is just fantastic. And when we think again about David, I said that, that story earlier of some of the grief that he got from one of his brothers. You'll know from reading Psalms that David was a person who regularly kind of examined himself Uh, before God you know Psalm 139 we see David engaging in what was potentially even a daily discipline Uh, Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24 he speaks there uh, and he's saying to God search me God search me and if there's any harmful way that's the language that's used if there's anything any stuff in me that is harmful to me or to others you know remove it remove it for your glory that was a daily discipline that he engaged with And it may be that some here this morning, probably all of us can apply this because we're all subject and vulnerable, aren't we, in these areas. There may just be an aspect of your mind today that the Lord just wants to bring a new sense of freedom to. I love the language. Ah, You know, 1 Peter 1.13, you know where Peter says, be alert in your minds. And as I read this week, I thought, oh, I just wonder if that is a word for someone here that actually the Lord is saying to someone, be alert in your mind and why be alert because the Lord wants to set you free to a new dimension maybe it's some area that's had a hold over you something that's been harmful to you I remember the phrase by uh, Mahatma Gandhi Uh, he once said um, I'm not going to let anyone drag their dirty feet across my mind I'm not going to let anyone drag their dirty feet across my mind But, of course, it's much easier said than done, isn't it, to to not allow that. And it may be that you know that you have almost like the dirty footprints in your mind of where people have dragged their dirty feet across your mind. And you just know that you want to be free. You want to experience the Lord's hope, the Lord's love, and the Lord's release, the Lord's renewal in those areas. Well, the Lord is 100% there for you. He wants to free you. And what does he want to do? He wants to transform you. Amen?